joining us again for another episode of the Game On App podcast. Today we have a special guest. His name is Caleb Holyfield. This podcast was brought to you by the Game On App, and we have had the privilege of filming in Granada Hills, California at Muscle by Russell. So thank you, Muscle by Russell, for letting us film here. My name is Lori Corey, and I am the founder and CEO of the Game On App. Licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to introduce our special guest today. Hi, Caleb. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Thanks Thank for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Of course. My name is Caleb Holyfield. Uh, I was a former athlete, collegiate athlete, just recently graduated. Uh, I started grad school next semester, and that's pretty much it. I was a major in psychology, psychology major, so. Well, congratulations on graduating. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, being a college athlete, tell me a little bit about that. Um, it's interesting, it's interesting. It's definitely really demanding. Um, mm-hmm. The schedule is definitely really hectic between classes, workouts, practice. You know, it can get to be a lot. Um, so it's important that you have good advisors and you stay close to your teammates and kind of hang on the way through. So what's been the best part of your career? Because are you currently playing right now? No, I don't play. Okay. Is, was that a decision you made? or? Uh, for me personally, it was a better decision. Okay. Uh, I faced injury throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was high school, college, uh, I was going through a lot of injury. And it started to affect my mental state. Okay. So once I retired from basketball, in a sense, uh, I started to feel a lot better and put more focus into other things in my life. That must have been a hard decision to decide to retire. Talk about a tough pill. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but once I kind of like got understood what it meant in like the next stage of my life and came to terms with it, I felt so much better, so much more relieved, and was able to almost see like the other side mm-hmm. almost. So sort of walk me through that whole experience because there's like the best part of being a student athlete and mm-hmm. there's the downside. So, because I'm assuming you've been playing your whole life. Yeah. And this is, you were conditioned to, like, make it to the pros. Like, mm-hmm. what was... Definitely. I don't know if you want to do a little bit about your family background. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I think that plays a big role, too. Yeah, it does. It does. So, coming up, uh, my dad played professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And my brother also played college basketball. Uh, he's about two and a half years older than me. So, we used to work out together when we were younger. And my dad always put us through, you know, pro workouts, as he would say, mm-hmm. and just training us um, in our youth, just the mentality that it takes to be a pro and how the work ethic and the discipline that comes with that. So when I got to high school area, you know, I started seeing my chances. I was like, wow, I can, I can really do this. Got excited. And with facing injury, you know, minor setbacks, but I still had a, a pretty good hunch that I would still be able to professional basketball yeah and then when I got to play in college I suffered a nerve injury okay. and that was that was really hard for me because wow. the team doctors describe to me a little bit more yeah nervous. it was kind of freakish so it was uh in 7 a.m weights uh-huh. and I was lifting and all of a sudden my arm just kind of gave out and started to snap I had muscle spasms so then I went to the team doctor and he didn't even know what was going on so I had to stay behind on the road trip and initially, I'm like, man, I can't play New Mexico State. Like, that's how I was going out about that. Mm-hmm. But it ended up keeping me sidelined for the rest of the season. 
uh, in and out of doctor's offices and just kind of unsure of where like my career was headed because I couldn't lift my arm over my head. Wow. Yeah, so that was really tough. Um, on the mental side too, you know, not being able to work out was tough, so it was tough. I mean, I think that speaks a lot to if you feel that you physically can't do it, but mentally you're like, I, you want to try to push yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that messes with you a lot because it's, you know that you're capable of doing it and then not really knowing what this injury is. Yeah. How did you find out that it was, well, what did you say it was nerve? Nerve related. Yeah, okay. it was nerve related. Um, man, at first they told me that I was having anxiety attack. Um, they told me that I dislocated my shoulder, like all different types of things, all the different types of treatment options. Um, and then it wasn't until I went back home to Georgia mm-hmm. uh, during the summer and I met with the neurologist and they told me that I had some nerve issues in my shoulder and that they didn't give me an uh, estimate on how long it would take, but after two to three years of doing like the second injury, I was kind of like, I'm kind of tired of this quality of life, you know, like ready to be healthy again. Yeah. So then what was your recovery like? Um, I did consistent rehab uh, about twice a day twice a day for a year and a half and then I got myself up to the point where I was able to play again so I played in a junior college but then was still unable to play once I got into the rigor of the workout schedule Mm -hmm. so were you focusing on the injury like thinking it's gonna happen again absolutely absolutely that actually um so there's statistics about it the rate of Mm re-injury is high when people re-injured because you're so focused on not hurting yourself Mm -hmm. and because I tore my ACL, so I know that, but I've had knee problems forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and initially, you're sort of tiptoeing around it, but if you're overly cautious, you can actually hurt yourself more. Wow, that makes sense. Because I definitely found myself babying it, mm-hmm. um, lifting more on like one you, side. You felt that you're like, oh, it's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like not wanting to shoot my like normal motion of my shot, just kind of babying it. So I can see how that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of discourages you and you're like no more basketball I need to put this to rest absolutely absolutely and then it actually made me uh more curious on the mental side of the game because uh-huh. going through those mental challenges you don't know how serious they are until you really go through and so I was like wow uh, I want to help those who are in this position and that's what made me study psychology so what were some of the key mental challenges you went through man uh confidence number one mm-hmm. uh low confidence uh Thinking I'm going to re-injure myself, like you said. Okay. I think those were probably the main two that I was struggling with. Um, and just, for me, it was just not understanding what my real injury was. Because I felt fine in practice. I could work out by myself and be okay. Mm-hmm. But then once I got into a rigorous schedule, then it flare up. You know, it was just frustrating. It was really frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Well, because overall, you set your entire life up to be a professional basketball player mm-hmm. and this went away essentially overnight yeah and at this point you don't even know what you're going to do mm-hmm. well we're talking about like after you kind of got back to yeah. so your confidence as like an overall person you think kind of because was your identity tied with your sport absolutely absolutely i went through a little bit of identity crisis mm-hmm. um not only me like i feel like people just knew my whole family as being athletes you know from my dad my brother and then myself as well. It was it was challenging telling people like, yeah, like I don't play basketball anymore. Just trying to figure out what my next dream job is going to be, or did my true passion like you know 
That was challenging for Charlie Parker. What was the reaction when you told everyone you're not playing anymore? Um, I think once I told them the reason, then they kind of understood. Uh, mm -hmm. I got some people trying to, to get me to still play, mm -hmm. uh, of course. It's like, oh, no, man, we could just we could fight through that. And But I don't think, like I said before, until you really understand like, the mental side of it, how like, down I was, I don't want to revisit that, that stage again, you know? So it's just better off if I just leave it in the past. And once they see how happy I am now that I put it in the past, so I can stay around the game, yeah. they're just happy for me. I think what it is, you really come to terms with understanding and accepting where you're at. Because mm -hmm. that's the the first step. It's accepting that this is where I'm at. Yeah. There are some things that you just can't change. Yeah. And when you're at peace with it, then it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Yeah. yeah. And two, um, I saw how my dad was able to stay around the baseball. Okay. Uh, so after he retired, uh, he stayed around the game, like training people, you know, and things like that. And so I was like, just because I'm not playing, I can still hear about the game. Yeah. And it's still something I love. So, you know, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Well, how are you deciding to stay around the game? Uh, definitely just trying to get back on the mental side, honestly. Uh, trying to help younger kids or even people my age uh, that are going through, you know, re-injuries or maybe confidence issues. Just trying to be that positive, almost influence in their life. What would you say were... For, for people listening out there, like are some signs that you noticed in yourself you're like, you were just down and out? Mm -hmm. like what were some of the signs that we can look out for, what people we love and care about, or even within themselves? Yeah. Um, I think for me, the first thing was practice. Uh, my approach to practice was definitely different. I was a little hesitant to go as hard in every single drill. I would take some plays off. And you know, once you're not going 100% in everything, then you gotta take a look at yourself mm -hmm. and wonder why you're doing that. And for me, it was because I was scared to re-injure myself. Yeah, and that, that's really a, a tough uh, place to kind of live and experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do want to really kind of touch back on like the the highs and lows of the student athlete life. Okay. You know, it's, uh, I, I think people don't realize it's not as common as we think it is. Mm -hmm. I don't have the exact statistic in my like, head. I'll pull it up in a second. But um, student athletes, especially college athletes, are a small percentage. Mm -hmm. But they're impacted so much with their mental health. Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about the student athlete life. The lifestyle. So I went. I played basketball at Grand Canyon University. Yeah. And so they don't have a football team. So basketball is like the sport there. Okay. So uh, outside of academics and your coaches being on you, it wasn't just a lot of pressure just walking around campus. Uh, and people constantly asking you about the team and things like that. So that's one distraction that you face, uh, which seems subtle, but every day in class, it definitely starts to wear on you a little bit. Um, and then outside of that, just once you get to be a college athlete, in high school, you're used to being in it. Like, mm -hmm. You're good. There's a reason why you're playing college sports. And when you get to college, everybody is good where they came from. Mm -hmm. So it's just finding those those little things that's going to make you stand out and hopefully get to the next level like everybody wants to be. Are you feeling a little down from looking at you now? Like, down that you're not at that next level that you had dreamed for yourself? It's a great question. Uh, sometimes I do get a little sad. It's like, what could have been? But yeah. I'm so much happier now knowing that that kind of like part of my life is over with and just looking forward to like what's next to come, honestly. 
So what is next to come? Because your story is a common story amongst many people, mm-hmm. whether it is by choice that they left their sport or injury or just didn't make it to the next level. Yeah. And they still identify with that strongly. Like, this is who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you want to, like, how do you separate them? Because you hear this a lot, you know, student athlete, you're first a student, then, a, then an athlete. Yeah. But now where you're at in your life, where, how would you, I'm trying to think of like the right way to say this. <laughs> um, where is your identity now? Like, who are you? Okay. Right? Because yeah, yeah. you said you went through a little identity crisis mm-hmm. and like confidence. Um, I would say now it's just in the things that I find joy you know, where, where at first it was just basketball, and that's all I focused on since I was little. You know, there's also other things that I enjoy too, like I love going to the movies, I love going to the park. So those little things and just honing out on those definitely helped me out. Um, and then outside of that, just building on my psychology bachelor's, mm-hmm. just hoping to get back to the game and stick around the game, have a new passion in that, and I'm able to still be a part of my first life. Mm-hmm. So that definitely helped me. That's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so once again, this podcast is brought to you by the Game On app. Uh, Sponsored by the Game On app. Follow us on all social media at the Game On app. And Caleb, do you have any final like thoughts or feedback for anyone? Insight um, to share. I would say not to be scared of therapy and to get help. Um, okay. Definitely talk to somebody. Uh, it's important at any level, whether it's professional, college, or high school. Mm-hmm. Um, like Julius Randle, the New York Knicks player, he was struggling with his mental health, and then he got a personal therapist and then he won most of the player of the year. Wow. So it's at every level that you can, you know, go get that help if you're struggling with it'll really bring the best out of you. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm gonna kinda like dive into that. I know we're kind of out of time for today. But I want to thank you for coming all this way. So great to see you and talk about something that's near and dear to you. So we will <laughs> See you guys next time. And we want to thank you again for joining us at the Game on App podcast. And Caleb is our special guest today. And we want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. So we hopefully will see you again for another episode. We make you a, a frequent regular. <laughs> okay. Well, I will see you guys later. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Game On App podcast. Please join us every Saturday and tune in to a new episode. And don't forget, when the game stops, it's not game over, but game on.